Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast on Talk Sport. We are at the Wanderers. Myself, John Norman, Neil Manthorpe alongside me, just walking out onto the pitch just as it starts to rain. So uh, we may be running back to uh, one of the dugouts uh, that are about, I don't know, 20 yards away. But as things stand, we're just uh, walking out onto the field, having a look at the pitch ahead of the uh, fourth test match, which gets underway on Friday. Starts at 8am UK. We'll be bringing you all the build-up from 7am, live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. And I tell you what, man, as we spoke at quite some length about Port Elizabeth and what a marvellous stadium that was, although the cricket at times maybe didn't quite live up to uh, what we had hyped. Uh, Cape Town... You know, that's a big tick. We all know about that one. Supersport Park for me was a surprise. Love that ground. But you know what? This is an absolute beast of a ground, isn't it? Um, I mean, the uh, the commentary position is as high up in the gods as I think in world cricket. I mean, I haven't been to a lot of the Indian grounds, but uh, maybe you can tell me. It's uh, an incredible um, ground here. It's got a big reputation as well. And hopefully the weather allows us to uh, sample a bit of that over the next five days. What, what can we expect here in Joburg? Well, it's called the Bullring for a good reason. I mean, it's, a, it's an amphitheatre that most teams find deeply intimidating. You know, it holds 30,000, so it's the biggest stadium in the ground. Start with uh, our commentary end. That's the centenary stand with four floors up, as you say, but also about 30 yards back. Mm. So it's a tough... Uh, gig to commentate from I can assure you. You're not going to see too many uh, faint edges onto the pads with those LBW <laughs> shouts I, I, that the umpires might have missed. You know you commentate here a lot by instinct and you have to so you mm. see a batsman flicking off his legs and he gets a leading edge to mid off and you you get done and people go like what game's he looking at? It's just one of those where it's quite tough. Away to, to the left as we move around from the unity stand is the memorial stand and then 
the east stand which is just basically wooden benches they're the cheap seats that's where the beer drinkers go mm. and that's where the real hard intimidators sit that's where the students are that's brilliant well that's quite an iconic stand isn't it in world cricket and actually i haven't been to cricket in zimbabwe but it seems like they've got those kind of rickety old stands there as well maybe a couple of the grounds in the caribbean you can see straight through the stand essentially you can see the buildings behind it it's just slats of wood and you sit on it and you drink beer and you shout a lot <laughs> yeah exactly and up until quite recently john there was no netting underneath that so people would just drop their cans so you walk underneath there and your life was in peril um and 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 sometimes it was a really big game i mean it holds about six thousand people so um and when you're at the top i don't want to put this too crudely but if it was a tense game, you're at the top, you've got 5,000 people to come through to go down to the toilet, sometimes you wouldn't bother. <laughs> Moving on to this uh, fine, almost colonial-style building here behind us. The uh... Centenary Stand. That's the Centenary Stand, and that's basically the corporate hospitality. Hang on, I thought that was a Centenary Stand. No, it's sorry, a... Unity. That's the Unity Stand. The, f- the commentary box is in the Unity Stand. Now we're looking at the Centenary Stand. It's got an old-fashioned uh, clock face at the top, two big uh, floodlight pylons as well. I mean, you must be able to fit six, 7,000 in there as well. Yeah, well, as I say, yeah, mostly um, it's corporate hospitality boxes there, and there's over 200 of them at the Wanderers, um, and uh, you know, it's it's that's that's sort of where the that where the that uh, nobody wears a tie at the Wanderers, but, but that's that's the corporate stand. Um, the atmosphere though that comes out of it is absolutely magnificent and as i said intimidating you know when the players walk down the tunnel as we walk around uh, and as we look around to the to the finally the the players pavilion area that tunnel was uh, was just a walkway just a stairwell um up until the 95-96 tour by the Australians, where Merv Hughes and Shane Warne copped a lot of abuse from the grass banks in front of the pavilion. So that's where they created the tunnel. Now, if, uh, if, the, if the fans on the grass bank take a dislike to the batsman who's walking down there, they just hammer on the side of that tunnel. I mean, what must that feel like when you're on debut as well, running down that as uh, all the beer drinkers in South Africa suddenly come running across this gra- beer grassy bank in front of the players' pavilion, sort of hammering on. And you, you just imagine the kind of insults yeah. that are flying and you're tra- stepping out to play test cricket for you know the first or second time. That's, I mean, if you think, it could not be more different from the walk through the long room at Lord's, can it? With everyone <laughs> politely applauding the, uh, the enemy as they go out to, pl- to bat, it is, oh, it's like night and day. It is completely the opposite, and it's made the tunnel's made of reinforced plastic. So when you hammer on the side of it, it echoes inside the tunnel. It sounds twice as loud inside it as the outside. So I mean, it, it is it is South Africa's second iconic ground. Newlands is there for its beauty and Table Mountain and the aesthetics. The Wanderers is here for its raw passion, um, and it is. I mean, it's seriously intimidating. I remember, you know, it doesn't it doesn't sell out for for Test matches, which is un- unfortunate. But you know, there's been some some massive games, none more iconic than the 438 game. But also in the immediate aftermath of the Hansi Cronier scandal in 2000, the Australians came for a three-match one-day series, and um, and we played while Cronier was still under investigation and the rawness of the passion and 
the Aussies walked out here and, you know, the South African team was in disarray, absolute disarray. They didn't know what was going to happen to Hansi Cronier and um, the crowd somehow managed to find the energy and the passion to put Australia under so much pressure that Steve Waugh admitted we had no chance. And, you know, a South African team in total, total chaos beat Australia in the deciding game here. And I, and I remember that being as passionate as the 4-3-8 game. Well, the 4-3-8 game, I was only talking about that yesterday with Andrew McKenna. You know, back in England, I was watching that in the scant disbelief. I actually called Macca just to tell him what was going on. Just I couldn't believe it. But the crowds that day here for that ODI, that must have been absolutely off the wall. I mean, I know English fans would probably disagree after what happened last year, but that, that's the most famous game of ODI cricket ever, isn't it? I would think so, yeah. I mean, it. it, it your teams... It, it was a boundary push-up, wasn't it? It was a it was a pioneering game in in many ways. I remember the uh, match referee Chris Broad saying afterwards, "That'll never happen again. Yeah, That'll yeah. never happen again." And I said, "You know what? I, I, I'm not so sure about that now because because it's happened once. It'll happen again, and teams have gone over 400 now." Oh, it was brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, uh, bringing it back to the present day, Joe Root, England captain, has been speaking ahead of this fourth test match and uh, he caught up with Andrew McKenna. Joe, amongst the chaos of Centurion a few weeks ago, if I told you you were going to go into the final test with the potential of winning this series 3-1, what would you have said to me? I'd said we'd played very well over the, ca- over the past couple of games. Um, you know, a lot went against us in Centurion, on, on and off the field, um, but we responded well to that. We stayed very calm as a team, not just the players, the coaching staff. I think we handled that very well. And then when we got an opportunity to bounce back Cape Town, we really took it. Um, and that's really pleasing for what is generally a pretty young squad of players to be able to, to take that all in a stride um, and you know, come to the party as well. A lot of youngsters have really come to the party on this trip, cemented their spots down and shown to the international stage that they're worthy of their positions and worthy to be playing test cricket. So it's a really exciting time for the team. And this ground, of course, will have different challenges and um, a different surface to handle, but we adapted well in the last two games and that'll be a big challenge for us this week. Well, you mentioned the surface. It looks a proper test match wicket. Hard, fast, bouncy. We're all talking about the possibility of Wood and Archer in the same side. I imagine you are as well. Yeah, it's definitely a discussion point for us. Um, I think you will look at the training session that went on yesterday. Joffre bowled with good pace. Um, he looked in a good place. So, you know, hopefully um, he can back that up today. I think it's really important to see that there's no um, overhanging niggle or injury issue in today's practice. But if he can get through that fine, then we've got a brilliant headache selection ahead of us for, for this game. You're not wrong. With that in mind, two guys who've had their problems with injury records, how much of a gamble would it be to go in with both of them in the side? I think when you played a long, a long series, a four or five test match series, uh, anyone that's played all five, four or five games or playing the fourth game is a slight injury concern. So there's always risk, um, regardless of history or whatever. So I think not looking too far into that, I think being really clear on where he's at and having a good understanding of how his body's coped over the, the last week or so, how he's come back from big bowling loads, you know, if he can manage that and if he's managed that well the last couple of training sessions, then we'll have a better understanding of how he'll cope within the game. So I think being real, really clear on, on those areas um, will, will give us enough knowledge to, to know if he's fit or not. We've mentioned your team. South Africa had to make at least one change with Rabada being suspended. Faf Duplessis has just confirmed Temba Bavuma will come in. They're going to have a bit of a reshuffle with Hamza missing out and um, uh, Razi van der Dussen going up to number three. 
Was that from what you were thinking would happen or do you allow yourself to think about their team? I try not to, to be honest. Uh, you get generally a good gauge of it the day before and you know the guys will, will see how they're shaping up. I'm sure the bowlers will be looking at their batting order and, and trying to apply that into the way that they practice today. Similarly for us, we'll have a look at the guys that have missed out on this tour so far for, for them um, and make sure we feel we've got all our angles covered in case the left armour comes in or you know we've got good information on, on the guys that come into the team. Just finally, this place is known as the Bull Ring. It's very lively. I imagine you'd quite like it to be loud and lively because that probably means that England are doing well and the South African fans are sort of trying to do their bit to get the side back in. Yeah, we, we always want to play in, in a lively atmosphere. Um, had great memories of here last time we toured here. Um, we, we won the series last time out uh, on this ground with a brilliant performance from Stuart in particular. Really changed the game for us. So a number of guys have got fond memories of playing here in the past. Um, we've seen on this tour so far the support we've had has been outstanding um, and long may that continue. I'm sure that the, the Barmy Army and all the other tour groups will be in full force again right in the back of our corner and um, being that extra 12th man for us which has really helped us on this tour so far. I mean they say a week's a long time in sport. Well uh, two weeks is a lifetime for both sets, both captains really. Faf de Plessis, you know, staring at potentially the end of his career at test level uh, as captain. Uh, Joe Root, two weeks ago, 1-0 down. There was murmurings again. There were some articles written in the, pa- in the papers. You know, it's time for Joe Root to step aside as England captain. Uh, now, with summer series to come against Pakistan and West Indies and uh, two tests away in Sri Lanka, this series is done. Even if they lose this test match, they hold the trophy. Uh, it's suddenly a, lot, it's a rosier garden, isn't it? And doesn't it just show on Joe's face? I mean, he's uh, a man who seems to have uh, had the weight of the world lifted off his shoulders. And and that, I, I believe, has to filter down into the team, doesn't yeah. it? And the rest of the players. They, you know, they, they, they have confidence. They can't lose the series. They've got the Basil Dollar... Basil Dolivera trophy, as you said. Um, and I think... So did you ha- I noticed that I didn't mention the name. <laughs> I just said the trophy. <laughs> Well, I I think that um, England will be virtually unstoppable in this Test match. Um, I, everything in their favour. Hang on, what what about Faf de Plessis actually wins a toss here? I mean, do, I guess you bat first here, do you? Even with the weather? Yeah, yeah. Um, it depends whether the rain's around. You know, um, this time of year, summer thunderstorms are the order of the day. They come around, lightning and thunder, around about three o'clock. And, and that is what I understand should happen. But if it is overcast and grey and there's a bit of drizzle around in the morning, which, which would be a surprise, then you, w- you might think about it. Do you remember, was it eight years ago or 12 years ago, when England were two for four? Uh, it was uh, 2000 and f- 2000. Mm, yeah, it was well, 20 years ago, mate. And they, yeah, <laughs> well, was it really? Um, but they no, were, it was two. Yeah, it was. It was 20 years ago. Uh, well, it, they were two for four. Um, Alan Donald and Sean Pollock took 19 out of the 20 wickets. That was one of the few occasions where it was a bowl first, um, and and South Africa did <laughs> and uh, did rather well at it. But mostly, yeah, it's a bat first. It's a bat first pitch, and there's some live green grass on it. Um, Evan Flint, the head groundsman, has asked was asked for that specifically for Mr. Philander. Uh, well, you caught up with Evan. Uh, nicely done there. Let's hear what he had to say. Evan, reputation as the fastest, bounciest pitch in uh, in South Africa is that. Does that create its own pressures to maintain that? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of um, it's a bit scary when I hear those words. I would like it to to just tame it down a little bit, but we'll see what happens. If England play Jofra Archer and Mark Wood, 
the two of the fastest bowlers in the world. Can they expect uh, some pace and bounce? Um, yeah, I saw Joffre Archer bowling in the middle yesterday, and that looked quite scary. So I'm sure I'm sure we're going to see a bit of that. Um. And rain forecast, at least for the first couple of days, does that make preparation a bit of a nightmare? Um, it's kind of, it would kind of be okay to have a bit of a bit of cool weather to start with, because I think I'm quite worried about those cracks. So you know, if it's a bit cooler, then maybe it'll hold on, you know, hold them together for a little bit longer. So maybe that's not such a bad thing. Good luck. I hope you enjoy the test match. Thank you. I'll try. <laughs> It's quite unusual for a groundsman to actually... They always seem to make the mistake. They, when have you ever heard from a groundsman who's not bemoaning the unexpected hot weather or unexpected cold weather or unexpected showers? He's actually saying, actually, this cool weather that's about to hit, could it keep the game going? And that was quite interesting in itself and also just trying to play down we again how many times have we gone to a pitch oh it's the fastest pitch in the west indies oh it's the fastest pitch in australia and then you see the first over ball hardly you know, kind of carries through on the bounce to a wicket and you just think oh here we go again this one though we've had a look at it it's a bit of grass there it looks a good track hopefully archer plays just from a cricket enthusiast perspective shame Robardo isn't um but yeah, well, look, we'll have to wait and see. Um, we talked about Joe Root and the different position he finds himself in from where he was a couple of weeks ago. Same can be said for Faf. You know, the uh, sticking plaster um, that came in the shape of Mark Boucher and Graham Smith and Charles Langevout. You know, they're not playing. They can only do so much. And it just seems to me it's all starting to unravel. First up, uh, make up of the team. What are you expecting to see? Well, you know, Bavuma's playing instead of Hamza. Uh, what are the changes? Um, obviously, Rabada's not playing. Uh, how do you see the makeup of the side? Buren Hendricks, left arm seamer. This is his home ground. I expect him to be given a run. It'll be harsh on Dane Patterson, who made his debut in St George's Park on an absolute flatty, a slow flatty. But I suspect that he might well be uh, left out. Um, and and the place of a spinner is always up for debate. Um, if 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 England are considering leaving out Don Bess, a that would be very harsh on Don Bess. But they have Joe Root. Um, to, to bowl some overs of spin. And very often, certainly in the first innings, a spinner won't bowl more than uh, eight or ten overs anyway if, if the seamers aren't doing the job. So, but for South Africa, they don't have a part-timer. I don't think Dean Elgar is quite the standard of Joe Root as a part-time spinner. So it is quite difficult. But you know what, John? They've brought four extra players into the squad. So they've got a squad of 16, and I'm assuming they didn't get them together for a team dinner. So they're still considering... Even Andila Petalakwaya might be... He's only played one test match. It was here at the Wanderers against India on a, on a pitch that was very atypical of the Wanderers. It was very cracked, very dry, and actually the stadium got fined by the ICC, uh, got docked a couple of uh, points. Um, so I don't, I don't know, and quite honestly, neither does Faf Duplessis at this stage. Mm, interesting. Well, uh, plenty of reason to uh, tune in early on Talk Sport 2 on Friday for the start of the... Uh, Fourth test match, the last. Fourth of four. Wow, there's a big crack of thunder above us. Um, but yes, it all gets underway at 7am on TalkSport 2. Be sure to join us um, with uh, build-up, the teams, the toss. Um, uh, we will be uh, venturing up to the stands, chatting to the Barmy Army, hearing from the captains. Uh, it's all going on and uh, it will be an absolute delight to bring it to you from this amazing cricket ground. Hopefully the rain stays away and that you don't. Thanks for listening to the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. 
And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.